to give us a free plant. I bet I want that palm. And then I'm like, no, I'll let Emily pick it out. And you picked out exactly the same one I had already picked out. So I, I pressed record because I thought maybe we could do an intro for the computer club while we're here or while we're leaving. Is that okay with you? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the intro to the San Carlos Computer Club. <laughs> that was beautiful. This is the intro for the computer club that took place on February 18th, 2022. I am your host, Scott Stimson. I am Mass Mix Moth, Emily Stimson, the favorite child, maker of bracelets, breaker of hearts. I am a Greek mythology enthusiast, and I, I do witchcraft. That's the new one you added to it. That's the new one. <laughs> I gotta write this down, man. <laughs> and Emily and I are hanging out. We just done the last three days going through the e-waste of the office. We knew that it was coming to today, the recycling. There is recycling. We talked to the guys here from the municipality of Wymus, a nice guy named Manuel, another guy named Alex. Alejandro. 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 And they told us that they're going to be here the third Saturday of every month. If you've got recycling to get rid of, they've got bins and people. They even helped unload our car. We got, we got that car unloaded way faster than we got it loaded. And it's because there was like five people working on it. Let's go. I really didn't expect so much help. I... That's why I brought Emily along in the first place. <laughs> you may not go on the next mission if, if there's going to be people there to unload my car for me. <laughs> well, if they're not unloading the car for us, we have to help, mommy. Come yes, on. Yes, of course. And that's exactly what we did. We dug in right next to them and grabbed as much out of our car and loaded it up in their carts as we could. It was a good experience. And I feel... And we got a palm tree. That's the most important part. They gave us a, a pet plant for our participation. This palm tree was meant for the Stimson Marcus family, alright? We are here, we've reached the home, and Emily has said nothing. And since they have said nothing, this is the end of this intro. The end of the San Carlos Computer Club intro. <laughs> for February 18th, 2022, once again I am Scott Stimson, your interminable host. And this is Mass Mix Moss, Emily Stimson, the favorite child, maker of bracelets, breaker of hearts, Greek mythologist, and I do witchcraft. All right. Woo, that was a mouthful. I my, think you had to take a breath halfway through there. <laughs> my full title. Until <laughs> next week. Check on. on. I, I did, and I thought maybe that would make a good topic because I don't know why. It chooses names or emails over over names. I don't know either, but please don't you, post my email. The, <laughs> yeah, the the only people that are are seeing that list are the people that have access to that document. But I, what I understand that what you do in that in that document is you hit share and it builds the share form and it mm -hmm. pulls out of the contact list. And I'm sorry, well, I'm there still were, there I weren't no. very many of us that you shared our email. There were only a couple of them. Well, and I'm misspeaking because what that was, actually, yeah, I remember now. That was a calendar entry. I'm so sorry to share that in the first place. What I right. what I was doing was I was taking the word quarantine off of the date on the on the calendar and just leaving it as virtual memory. I was pulling that word quarantine off. And I did it from my my Windows calendar program that synchronizes with Google. And it was going to be an edit that would change each week's settings because it's a reoccurring. Right. Actually, Scott, I don't care what the background 
background was. I just don't want it. That no, way. no, I under, I understand. I'm, I'm the background matters because I didn't have any control over it. It was shared with everyone, and this is a good thing to keep in mind. Before I could do anything about it, I went save, and it sent out this share. And what it chose to share was up to it. I didn't. I didn't tell it to share your email address. I didn't. I didn't tell it to share names. I told. I didn't even want it to share. I just wanted to save the change. But I, when it went out to everybody, I realized. Well, maybe that change can't be reflected in your Google Calendar unless it gets sent out, and you accept the change because the it, it's a shared event. If that makes sense, it's a. Uh, it's a it's a I shared thing. I just looked at it. Um what what was the change that you made? I removed the word in fact, Cheryl, I'm glad you're looking at it because this will verify my point. I I removed I removed the word quarantine. I'm trying to move away from that language since we're going back into living with this stuff. And so my I thought was I would take the word quarantine off of it and uh, leave it virtual meeting. Oh I see. Yeah, okay. does yours say quarantine? No, it just says um uh, change. The San Carlos Computer Club virtual meeting. Okay, but but is that in your email or on your calendar? It's not on my calendar at all. Yeah, which that's very strange too. See, I'm thinking that so anyway, the names I'm that, the only one on there that it says calendar with my email. Is no, that, I, think, I think there was two uh, one other. Well, if you look at that document, go to, it says calendar with my email, and then it says says who and it says your email and my email and then about five six, seven others i really don't understand really why it works this way but 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 to give you the background I'm, I'm i changed of- i'm sorry cheryl what was that I'm getting a lot of back, uh, like feedback from somebody's who's it is. Mine says on mine, Judy, it says calendar and it says my own name. So if you're looking uh, at the same, it all says yours. That's because it came to you. Mine says my name. Yeah, but mine says my email address. Yes, right. So does mine. Mine says my oh, email. Oh really? Address. Oh yeah. But then down in the bottom of that document, it does not have your email address, right? Yeah, it does. Underneath Jim Cunningham's name is my email. I don't so, see. I'm Looking at that, well, no, I just see your name. Oh, see, I see my yeah. email. <laughs> and and Judy, what you're what, what you're describing is I, I understand exactly what you're describing. And all I can do is give you the background of why it happened or how it right. happened because I don't know why it happened because all I was doing was so changing I see emails. Right. All I, I was see doing emails was... <laughs> for international CSI Jim Calver Scrubs and Jim Carolyn. Those are the emails I see besides my own. Yeah, and I don't and, understand and why. Justin, Justin I can't. I can't Bob tell you why. I, I I don't know if you're hearing Maybe. me, but I I can't tell you why. I don't know why. Okay. What I do know is that I used the Windows Calendar app that comes with mm-hmm. Windows 10 to change the name of the event to remove mm-hmm. the word quarantine and save right. it. Before I knew it, it was sending it out to everyone that that event is shared with. And when it was received, like it sent sent out a copy to my personal 
account. And I saw mm-hmm. that list you're talking about, that list where it showed everybody invited right. to the meeting and then those email addresses. And it it doesn't make sense to me because you're in my, if it's based on my contact list, it should have done yours. It should have formatted yours the same way it formatted everybody else's. Everybody else's, yeah. Right, but it I didn't. Found my, you found yourself? I found my, ca- your I found calendar. my calendar. <laughs> and on it, it has changed it to San Carlos Computer Club virtual meeting, and it's done it to all the past ones. Well, and I I don't care if it was the past, but it should also do the future. You should have a reoccurring event for this meeting, and it should have modified that. It did. Did you have to accept it in email? No. See, I don't know what's going on, Judy. I have no idea. I have no event, none. But maybe that's because I declined all events, so I wasn't Mm. getting eight eight copies of them. If you decline, if you declined this last one, then you wouldn't have it. No, I didn't get one. <laughs> now I'm really confused. Yeah, I thought I you were complaining about the one you got. I did not get it on my calendar. Oh, so if you go into your yeah, if you go into your email and you accept it from your email, it'll go on to your calendar. Mm-hmm. No, no. Other otherwise, you would go into the no. Gmail calendar. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Let me see. There is no place to accept it on my email. There Carol, isn't even a. Place? There's no way to take it to your calendar? That's really weird. Not that I, I see. I did it. At oh, maybe Siri found an event. Let's see if Siri can do it. Okay, but that has nothing to do with what we're doing. That's your computer doing stuff. No. Well, and then that way I would create an event that way, but I did not get a, a link to accept this meeting. I, th- I think you have to turn on the calendar. Okay, I have turned on in my calendar app all my emails like my emailed events. Okay. You, have to, you have to be looking at the calendar oh. from your email events. If you don't have that checked, okay. then you're not going to see it. I'll check hey. that out. Hey, Ir- Irving's with yes. us. Good morning, Irving. Hey, and I just hit the screaming button. We are live. It's 10 o'clock. This is the San Carlos Computer Club. And of course, there are things not working correctly. I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> That used to work. Why doesn't it work now? It's working. Not for me. There we go. That'll fix it. That'll fix. There we go. All right. I got everybody on screen. Welcome. Ooh. Welcome to the uh-huh. San Carlos Computer Club. This is a big group. That's your screen, not my screen. Look at my screen. My is screen, that, everybody's you, on. I am looking at you. <laughs> but it's flashing off and on. Is it flashing for you, Cheryl? What is what is flashing mean? Flashing means it goes to the logo of S3C, and then it goes to everybody's picture, and then it goes to the logo S3C. You're just having an inferior experience. I'm really sorry. Go to the YouTube channel. It, it's, yeah, both of you. Go to the YouTube channel, and you can watch there. You can see all our smiling faces in their glory being broadcasted on YouTube right now. Good morning, Chester. Good morning, Mom. Good morning, Irving. Glad you guys could join us today. This is your typical San Carlos Computer Club. We are agenda-free and uh, full of complaints. Thank you, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if any of you guys, I normally, I normally <laughs> do not complain, but I also did not like the answer I got regarding my complaint. Yes, I am not going that, to that use that methodology again. Know, I'm not going to use that methodology again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know the answer. It's don't use Windows Calendar if you want to control what happens, because that's that's what created exactly. all that. Yeah, is that I was going <laughs> through the Windows Calendar app and it just did it. 
and it gave me no control over any of the format. I was as surprised as you were when it went out that way because I didn't expect I expected Cheryl's experience for everyone. They didn't do anything and it just updated the event. So I'm not sure what's going on as far as your experience or why your email was listed on it. But if you've gotten way too many emails in the last 24 hours, some of them are are very well uh, explained because the shared document didn't get out till this morning. The uh, And I updated the calendar event on Google and did not know that it would send out an, uh, a reminder email. And then there is the reminder email that goes out every day today. So if you feel like you've gotten too much email from me in the last 24 hours, I really apologize. I, I will try not to let it happen again. <laughs> it was not my intention. <laughs> I got less email than I normally get from you. Oh, normally, all right. Normally, I get <clears throat> two emails from you and neither one of those came out. And then I got a different email, 8.30 this morning, something like that. Okay. Uh, well, I've which... shared the document of possible topics again, like I typically do. If you got the email this morning, then you've uh, you've got a link to that document. Let me let me give that link in our chat window because it has the alternate meeting. Can you guys hear okay. me? I'm now showing that I'm having some problems on my end. You're going in and out. I found the other two that normally come out uh, that came out about quarter after nine your time. I think for some reason I'm on the edge of pushing my system over the edge. Let me turn all this stuff off. Maybe this will make a difference. Chrome has been sucking more and more resources these days. There we go. I don't know. Have I settled down now? Testing, testing, testing. Am I sounding okay? Nobody's hearing me. Oh, I hear you. Oh, good, good. Excellent. All right. So in typical fashion, there is no agenda. I've put a couple of news stories in this document. At the top, you can find the alternate meet codes since... And Irving, you haven't been with us for a few weeks. Uh, are you familiar with us having to move for, from one meet to another meet? If you follow that link I put in our chat, that'll take you to a document with both meet codes. And about an hour in, we've got to switch meetings. And so it'll give us a warning. It'll give us a 10-minute warning and a 5-minute warning, and then we'll get like a 60-second warning, and we'll switch over to the other meet. So if you go to your in-call message... I'm sorry? I got it. Oh, good. Good. So you're prepared. And has anybody brought their own topics for today? You've seen mine if you're looking at that document, but I'm happy to talk about anything. If there's problems we need to solve, tech problems. Dad's got a microphone problem right now where his system it won't activate the microphone. And we were trying to sort that out before the meeting, and we've elected to sort it out afterwards. But if anybody has any ideas, it'd be great to share them with them. Any other to tech topics out there that people would like to talk about, this is a good time to bring them up. We have been well, talking. Have a... Please, Irving, go ahead. Okay, I have a situation I think is uh, beyond our ability to uh, uh, handle. Um, I've used uh, Dropbox for years, and uh, Dropbox is a cloud, and what it does is syncs your files. So if you have document files or uh, Word uh, files, um, once you change to edit them or start them, it goes to the cloud, sends you a message that it's been done, and it worked for years. Uh, it's just, um, they have non-subscription and subscription, <clears throat> and I'm a subscriber, and I've been trying to solve the problems while I won't 
won't sink for uh, six months. And <laughs> I've had the techs, um, you know, get into my computer and try to uh, diagnose it. And then they've elevated me to the next level. And so I'm waiting first to see if they can do anything about it. Hmm. Irving, have you tried just putting your Dropbox account on a different computer? I have it on three computers. Same problem. And it's the same, same problem. Oh, it's same problem everywhere, huh? Wow. Yeah, it just won't sync. Used to will, sync. Will it sync anything? Like a couple of files? No, I can copy a file and then paste it into Dropbox and it'll recognize it, but it won't do any syncing whatsoever. So when you say syncing, what you mean is you're pointing your Dropbox at an inventory of files, like a folder of files, and it won't sync those, but you can move files into a Dropbox space. Well, actually, it's supposed to happen by itself. Yeah, I can move them in, <clears throat> but it's supposed to happen by itself. It always did. For argument's sakes, if, if you're sending a letter and uh, so now you have that letter in the cloud. It automatically goes to Dropbox, mm-hmm. uh, just like a backup. Then right. if you decide to send another letter to the same person, you pull it up, you edit it, and you send it again. Well, that edit should appear now instead of the original letter. Or, sure. Or automatic. And it should go to all of your computers. Uh, uh, and the reason it's been so valuable to me is as I travel and I go to a different computer or on my iPad, you know, the files are always there. You know, you know, Irving, I know this isn't the best. Uh, this isn't a real solution in your circumstances. You just want this thing to work. But um, if you're not aware that OneDrive does the exact same, gives you the exact same features, I'm not sure what your Dropbox account has been, but, but with the, what Microsoft's offering, uh, it's really reasonable for a lot of storage space, and it gives you that same experience. My vote, my vote is stay the hell away from OneDrive. Yeah. Okay. We we know of your experience, Jester. Well, I I was wait- I, just I was waiting for problem this morning even. Well, uh, uh, I just want to say, Chester, that if you had problems, I'll match you that I got rid of OneDrive at great effort. And uh, I'm even suspecting, even though they're gone from my computer, they may still be the problem I'm having. Okay, all right. I will help you sort this out. If it's, I've got OneDrive running on a half a dozen computers with no problems. And I've got customers all over San Carlos using OneDrive without a problem. So I will... I will back that statement. I'll help you sort out your OneDrive problems. But Chester, you have to let me help you from the beginning, not off by yourself doing it. You need to ask me for help to do it. Irving, there's no, uh, there's no help now because I'll never use it again. Yeah, I know you've you've been left tainted since your experience, and I understand. I understand, but I'm here to assure you that it can be done successfully without a problem. And, well, and my, one of the one of the reasons I got rid of uh, OneDrive is uh, during this issue, I suspected that uh, they were causing the problem. You know, th- there might be some truth to that. I I have not tried using Dropbox in conjunction with OneDrive, and it's not hard to imagine that they might be fighting each other. You might end up in a in some kind of loop of versioning, which is what sounds like the issue you're having with Dropbox. It sounds like a versioning <sighs> issue. A, uh, a a good well, backup system think... like this. Go ahead, Irving. What were you going to say? I don't think I have uh, uh, OneDrive on my computer anymore. I think it's uh, been purged. But I could Wait, be wrong. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I I could look at it for you if you'd like. But the the Dropbox problem you're describing sounds to me like a versioning problem. It sounds because what you're describing is making multiple versions of a document, and you're expecting it to be replaced and replaced everywhere. And I'm suspecting that there's something going on 
when it's keeping the previous version with with the new changes. I, I well, don't know where the, to... That's not the issue because if I start a new document, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't uh, sync. If you, and if, the original texts that worked with me, uh, they, they tried to uh, make it happen by starting a file, saving it, and then mm-hmm. checking to see if we could find it on Dropbox and it just wouldn't do it. So, yeah. so the problem is the syncing feature. And something is probably blocking well in this is where i'm going with the versioning is that i think that that's probably the area of the synchronizing i mean i can't i can't tell you anything that'll help you i'm just speculating the error area of the failure i think if you're already working with dropbox text then you're already deeper into it than than we can help you with because it sounds yeah, like an issue the, with their software one of the strange things is that if i go to my and then dropbox has a logo that uh, gives you its status and all of my my logos on my different devices all say up to date. Right. Well, they say up to date, but they're not. They're not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely sounds to me like it's a Dropbox service issue. The, at the very least, if there was something in Windows that was causing causing your issues, you would hope that, that there'd be an error message, right? It would say can't sync. Oh, That's no what Dropbox message. is supposed to do. Yeah. But you do give, do give me an idea. Uh, well, that, that's what I'm here one, for. <laughs> okay. Is OneDrive uh, uh, equal to the the type of uh, service of syncing between your devices automatically when you uh, place or edit a, uh, a document? Well, that's precisely what I'm talking about. I, for example, I do graphics for the computer club, and I can pull them up on my phone. I can pull them up on 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 the computer behind me or the computer I have in the house on a Macintosh I have over here. Because I use OneDrive, every change I make, I, I th- that just floats around with me wherever I sign in to OneDrive. Well, I'm using a, a, a third-party software <clears throat> similar to WordPerfect, let's say. Okay. And, uh, is one, are you writing to a, a, a program like uh, WordPerfect or you're writing directly to OneDrive? Well, um, I, I think there's a, there's a difference there that doesn't, or a distinction that doesn't have a difference because whether you're, you're saving in the program, I guess, all right, well, I'm trying to wrap my head around the confusion because there is something that's going on right now where you're writing directly to your cloud space and Microsoft has been promoting that. I haven't seen a third party do that. Maybe this what software are you using for writing? I use LibreOffice. I'm using a program called SoftMaker. SoftMaker. So does SoftMaker offer you cloud space? No. uh, no, If if you are saving either to your hard drive or to the OneDrive space, it's all the same to to the programs that you run. It's outside of the whole synchronizing with OneDrive. Correct, correct. So, but uh, the the Dropbox feature is it's autonomous. It's autonomous. It just does it. Uh, you don't have to do anything. Right. So, if you were to save to the OneDrive folder on your Windows, what you've done is you've elected to to maintain OneDrive similar to Drop Dropbox in that case. That's your storage area. Is that OneDrive folder. Whereas if you were to get a subscription to OneDrive and do the one terabyte of space, 
I would tell you to to do the backup issue where you've got all your storage is being synchronized with with OneDrive. Then you're not working from the OneDrive folder. You're working from your documents folder. And in the background, OneDrive is synchronizing that up into the cloud. Well, I further complicate the issue. So in my desperation to solve my problem, I subscribe to another uh, thing called iDrive. iDrive. Okay. <laughs> I got on the Internet and I Figured, well, you know, I'm gonna. It's an important feature to me because I move around. So um, it didn't. It, it 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 backs it up, but it doesn't sync. It doesn't sync. Well, well, it doesn't you, do what Dropbox used to do. So the, I'm, now I'm subscribing to two two programs not working. <laughs> well, the distinction that I would make with OneDrive is either you're maintaining the cloud space, which is a reflection on your computer in a folder called OneDrive, or you are synchronizing all your data space and there is no reflection when you when you put something on the desktop it's in OneDrive you put something on in documents it's also in OneDrive locally it exists in those folders and in the background those folders are being synchronized to OneDrive and you can mix it up like i i haven't bought the subscription i'm cheap i use libreoffice i use the free 15 gigs that are given to me but i have a, this computer behind me it doesn't have a lot of stuff on it it's 128 gigabyte hard drive and I don't keep any large files on it so it is completely synced the desktop is in the cloud the the documents folder is in the cloud the uh, it, it's the settings every everything is going through the one drive sync whereas my main driver that I'm sitting in front of it has a one terabyte hard drive I couldn't possibly sync all the data that's on the computer with the free account and so on the computer in front of me I maintain that one drive as a reflection in a folder. And so I've got access to the same files on either computer, but I'm having two different experiences. In my main driver, I'm going into a folder where they're organized. In this computer, I'm just going to the desktop. I'm just going to my documents okay, to make that distinction. Everything still still synchronizes. On uh, on the Macintosh, there is a um, an app that you run, and it appears as a special folder, your OneDrive. Yeah, the same reflection. You go into OneDrive, and you can see everything that's synchronized in OneDrive. On your mobile device, you bring up the OneDrive app, and you and it's like going into that folder if you if you follow me. But I I use it everywhere. Well, Successful. The same way you brought up Dropbox anywhere you were, mm-hmm. you saw all of your files and folders up to date. Yeah, yeah. Well, except for this experience you're having right now, and oh, I don't. Work. Yeah. It's worked for me for seven, eight years, or as long as they're around ten years, it just stuck. Yeah, it I, I on the same devices I still own. And, and I only bring up OneDrive in case you've already been like, if you've got a copy of Microsoft Office on subscription, then you've already got OneDrive. And it's really, it's it, I I've said before, oh. I'm not selling Microsoft products. I just think it's a very smart product, and uh, well, I. I don't I also, have Office anymore because I switched to uh, uh, a clone and I and I subscribed to that. Uh, I don't remember exactly why I got away from Office. I think uh, what bothered me was that I had a uh, um, I bought the software and then they uh, stopped letting me use it and said I had.
had to pay for the cloud, and I didn't think it was right uh, to just uh, take away my original software. A few companies did that. Uh, I, I, had, I had that with um, with uh, um, oh, uh, QuickBooks, uh, not QuickBooks, but the Quicken. And, oh, my uh, gosh. Used, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, but, but I got through the tech, and I demanded they give me back, and they did. They have no right uh, taken away what I paid for until they it becomes obsolete. And sure. that's what uh, Word did to me or, or whatever the company is. With, with so Office. I switched to a clone. Well, I, it's... I have a question for you. Go ahead, did Chester. Did you delete the program for OneDrive from your hard drive? I, I did, but I was going to ask Scott that. Yeah. Maybe I don't... there's a hidden file. I'm suspecting as we're talking that OneDrive might still be part of my life. If, if you're I, running I Windows... If you're running Windows 10, there's a level at which you cannot remove OneDrive. You can you can re- remove you the go. one yeah, you can remove the OneDrive that you installed with your Office subscription, but there is a level of OneDrive that's integrated into Windows 10. And so the the and best you can, can be purged. Well, I mean it's I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we understand each other. If you're not running it, then there's nothing to be purged. the The best you could do is not be logged into it. That's the that's you could go to OneDrive and verify that you're not logged into it. But as far as not being because it it'll purge itself when you don't have an account in it. There's. It is a separate. You you know what you could do, Irving. In your if if this is a concern, you could go to the Irving user folder, and under that folder, you'll find one titled OneDrive. Now, if you're synchronizing with OneDrive at the moment, if you delete the things in that folder, it's going to delete the things in in the OneDrive cloud. I don't necessarily think any of this would help you solve a Dropbox program uh, problem. But if you're not signed into OneDrive, it hurts nothing to delete that folder well when i say when i used to save files instead of saving the file let's say mm-hmm. c and uh my uh my primary windows and then go on to the file let's say quicken and then it's sub files that's what i used to see when one drive was alive there was a long stretch for me to get to that same uh data <laughs> because one drive was always injected in there so that so doesn't that- happen anymore well, this is probably the distinction between the two different ways you could use OneDrive, where you've given over and you're you're doing your backups to OneDrive versus managing the OneDrive cloud space as a reflection in a folder. Because I think the path you're describing is that path, the C drive into users, into Irving, into OneDrive, and then you're finding your documents. That's that's when you're using that that reflection, that folder of the cloud on your computer. That's where it physically resides in your computer. Whereas when you've given over your computer to backing up in the OneDrive cloud, what happens uh, logically on your computer, what what happens to your experience is documents and desktop are still documents and desktop, but they reside on C drive in the OneDrive folder as documents and desktop. So if you go to Irving, if you go to C slash users slash Irving, you won't find desktop. It's not there any longer. It's inside the OneDrive folder, and it's it's basically that re- part of that reflection. But it reflects everything. So you don't you don't deal with the desktop. You don't deal with my documents from a C route. You deal with it from the icon my documents. 
my uh, my desktop or, or desktop and, and documents. I'm sorry. The my is left over from Windows XP. You'll still find my in places, too, but that's irrelevant. Anyway, that's if you the only kind of purge I can think of for OneDrive is to sign out of OneDrive and then go into the folder under your username that's named OneDrive and delete the contents of that. And I honestly don't think that'll have any effect on your your Dropbox problem. But uh, that's how you could eliminate any any of the assets that were in your OneDrive, if that makes sense. And I'm I'm surprised you're having the problem across three devices. Have those three devices always had Dropbox? Because I would be really curious just to sign into a device that has never had Dropbox and see if you have the same problem. Like if you can think of anything in your life, a phone, a tablet, anything you've never put Dropbox on, and just try putting it on and seeing if you don't still have the same problem. Well, but uh, it, it's of no avail because uh, it, it doesn't exist in Dropbox, these files, so it's not going to uh, show me anything. Well, in this case, we would just be looking for the problem, not necessarily the files. We're just trying to trying to see if you uh, follow my thinking for a moment. If I took a fresh vanilla computer and I put Dropbox on it and I signed in as Irving and then I tried to do the same thing you're trying to do and it works, then you know there's something about your Dropbox installation on those other devices that are causing it not to work. I Where know it, what you're saying. Yeah. Whereas well, if we have the exact same problem on a fresh vanilla computer that's never had Dropbox, then you know it's out of your control. You know it's a problem with Dropbox over over on their end, and you're waiting for solutions from them. Yeah, I guess that could be tried. But, uh, you know, the, the text, the uh, first-level texts have had me uh, erase the program, reload it, reload a special version of the program. <laughs> it sure, sure sounds like it's an issue with them and the way they're storing your your data and 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 you know this that intuitively that could be the case i had an experience a while back where somebody was having trouble with their tetakawi email or their their telmex email account can you believe people out there still use their prodigy <laughs> mx account but they but they but they still do and the account was not working correctly it was not deleting emails correctly so they delete stuff and it would disappear it wouldn't disappear it would it would re re-evolve in their inbox and the behavior they were using a mail client we traced it back to the web-based email it did the exact same thing in the web-based email we looked through all the filters and rules it wasn't happening in the client it it had it was happening at the system level and we had to get a hold of technical support and we had to get them to wipe out the account fresh just completely off the board the account no longer exists that space was wiped out set it back up again as a brand new email account with the same name same password and then the problem went away it was most definitely an issue with their servers that was causing the problem and could only be rectified by eliminating the account and creating it all again they could not sort out the problem so those problems exist they're they're typically we think of our problems as being our problems but irving you're describing a problem that could very well be their problem well you know i'm um, you gave me an idea i want to get, go back to it uh, is OneDrive synonymous with dropbox and in, in, in features well dropbox does this this odd thing where they're kind of a platform so you can build applications and have applications that are Dropbox specific. 
Now, in those cases, you as a user of those applications, in most cases, don't have to have a Dropbox account. But I think there are some some few like add-ons that are particular to Dropbox. So I say, for example, you were using some kind of picture application that feeds out a Dropbox. You wouldn't even be aware of it. They, uh, the, the owner of that app would be using Dropbox as their cloud for, for their data for you. And you wouldn't even be aware that Dropbox was being used for that. You wouldn't have to have a Dropbox account. You'd have, a, you'd have to have whatever that program required of you. But then there's things when you do use Dropbox that there are add-ons to Dropbox features like extensions in your browser, thing, things of that nature. And those kinds of features are are different, unique, or don't exist to OneDrive. So I guess all that's just a wordy way of saying they are completely different platforms. One is they, they do similar jobs, but they don't necessarily do them in a similar way. And, and they're completely unique. You're not, you're not going to take the function that you got from Dropbox and add it to OneDrive. You're going to find that function in another manner. Like in a different language, because it's a whole different game. So it'll do the same thing. The end result will be the same, but the way you got there might be different, if you you follow what I mean. (laughs) Uh, Well, I do, but uh, I don't care. I don't want to see it. I just wanted to do it. (laughs) What, What I have really appreciated about OneDrive is this ability for it to do versioning. And it's, I think it's very helpful for folks like, like my father is doing uh, OneDrive. He's got a subscription to Microsoft. He's got the one terabyte and he lost a computer a few months back, completely died. Um, the He didn't die. What happened was some techs talked him through how to wipe out his computer. He lost all the data on his computer. But earlier we had put his computer over to OneDrive. And so all we had to do was sign into the Microsoft account and all that data came back from OneDrive and filled up his computer again because the entire time he'd been using it online every change he made was being pushed off to the OneDrive cloud and this versioning is very cool because every change he made you could pick you could go back through various versions of a Word document so he could look at the one he saved yesterday or the one he saved six months ago I don't know if that answers your question but that's that that's the way I see it being very effective I again his computer got wiped out. He signed into his Microsoft account. There is internet wait time. You have a fast internet connection. That's the other thing all this stuff is dependent on. If you had a a one megabit per per second connection, you don't want to be using either one of these. You don't want to be syncing files to a cloud. But in this day and age where we've got 10 or more, a lot of people have 20, 30, 60 megabits a second. You're using that cloud space without even feeling that grunge, that, that, that churn of synchronizing. And so it's very, very possible for dad to sign into a blank computer and let it let it churn all those files back into the computer from the OneDrive account. Did I say hi to Linda? I saw her pop up the bottom of my screen. Good morning, Linda. Greg, glad you're here morning, with us. Guys. Yep, I'm listening. <laughs> Have you brought some topics for us today? We've been going through Irving's Dropbox issues, which sound like something we can't solve. Sounds like he needs Dropbox to help him with it. I think I have an issue. Please, Chester, share. What do you got? Well, it's something I've discussed before, that um, the dot in Amazon are, are Gmail. And I'm getting I'm getting emails to this Chester Stone that doesn't have the dot, including mm-hmm. invoices for material being shipped. I got one this morning from New 
New Balance. He's ordered a, a, uh, uh, some shoes, and they're being sent to Georgia. So uh, I don't know how to fix it. I don't want to change my email address because so many people have it. So, but I just uh, kind of put these in, delete them, and I keep checking my bank to be sure I'm not charged. <laughs> Yeah. So, so Chester, I don't even think you need to check your bank. I think these are these are trying to spoof you into giving up information. I don't think they're real. I don't know. No, this New Balance it certainly looks looks very real. Um, and I had one last week that when I called the number, you know, they they were shipping a fifty five inch television. When I called the number, they were foreign. Um, but this one, I haven't called any number. I've just uh, so far deleted it. Yeah, yeah. I would pay le- so little attention to it. But if you want to get it out of your sight, I actually had to deal with this recently. Some Russian bot got a hold of the bed and breakfast website. And I don't know if they were using us as a training exercise, but over a week period, I collected thousands of emails, all addressed with different email addresses to my email account under the same name. It was a name. It wasn't an email address. All the the emails were different, but the name was the same. And because I was able to focus in on the name, I was able to go into Gmail filters and tell it to put those directly in the trash. And immediately they were out of my view and out of my thoughts. Well, so if you go into what, what it, was different, what was different about the address on those emails and your your correct address was it the dot that I'm talking about? Well, so you can use the same solution is you can go into filters and you can set a filter for the email. Is it without a dot that you're getting? Yes. So you yes. can set a filter sent to Chester Stone at Gmail with Without the dot, and you can you can tell it the behavior is to put those directly in the trash, and then every time an email with Chester Stone at Gmail shows in your inbox shows up at Gmail, it won't go in your inbox. It'll just go straight to trash, and you'll never have to think about it. So they will honor the dot. They will honor the dot. You will filter the you'll filter the email address that does not have the dot. I'll give that a try. Now doing this will work, but it doesn't fix the Gmail thing where dots are. So you could still get C. Hester Stone. You could still get ch. Easter Stone. You could still get C. E. S. T. E. E. Because of the way Gmail handles those dots, all of those are ripe to still be a problem for you. But because they, just like with my Russian hackers, uh, they could change the name that they're sending. And they actually did, but I don't think it was me specifically. I think they were just compromising WordPress websites and they were just testing it out. So so there were two names I had to filter in the end. And now the whole thing's gone away. I think either they got a cot or they got the information they were looking for. But but because it, it was the same, it could, like New Balance could send you a C. Hester stone and that would get through the filter if you follow what i mean so you don't want to it would be horrible if they were changing every email because there wouldn't be anything you could do about it but in this case it's all the same email address and be so you can focus in on that and you can filter that i'll give it a try all right the other the other thing that i will mention that i discussed with this group before if you were to recall my mouse was double clicking every time i i left clicked 
and come to find out it was the mouse itself had just worn out. Ah. And so every occasion when I would left click it, it would double click instead of single click. Okay. Yeah. Because it's just old equipment. Yeah. It's, it's always good to have an extra computer around to test that kind of stuff on. If it gives you the same experience, then you know it's the hardware that's giving you problems. That's great. Well, I had a spare mouse is what helped me. Oh, good. Well, anyone else with issues? I just saw the 10-minute timer on this meeting has gone off, and so we've got about seven minutes, it shows. So we will be slowly moving over well, to another another meet code. If we're but, looking for something to talk about, I, I mentioned the television, the Samsung television last week. Oh, yeah. I bought it at Costco, and I what I failed to mention was that I had that delivered, and the $900 credit equalized the price if I picked it up at the store versus having it delivered free. Uh, but I by getting the $900 credit, I paid $900 more for it, but it was delivered free. And for $20, it was set up and, and also got a free five-year warranty extension by having it delivered versus buying it store. So you had it delivered. I didn't understand how that affected the $900 credit. I understood that for $20, it was set up and you got a five-year warranty. But what did what happened to your $900 credit? If I bought it in the store, the $900 would be credited there. But since I had it delivered, the $900 was, is, is available in a Costco credit card. Oh, well... It, is there a, is there a difference there then? Because isn't that where you're, or, or are you saying if you bought it in store, they would have just taken the nine hundred dollars off the price tag? Yes. Okay. Right. All right. I understand the distinction now. Yeah. Since you had it delivered, then it's nine hundred dollars worth of Costco credit. Right. Okay. Well, that's good information to know. And I went looking at warranty and a free warranty. It's a free all state five year warranty that you get with having it delivered. All right. And and like I say, for twenty bucks, they did a nice job of setting it. Up. We got a fairly big group today. We got 12 people online right now. This is the biggest group we've had in a few weeks. <laughs> well, we have continued the discussion about in-person meetings. I was kind of thinking, what if we do them in March? What if we start? If we start in March, then we will be officially two years of virtual meetings. We'll come back in the same month that we left in. I don't know. Anybody interested in that? In-person meetings starting in March? I, I am. However, it kind of depends on how we're doing here here in San Carlos overall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's here for a COVID right update. Now, I agree. I'm not sure I'm ready for Okay, Jim, noted. Noted. If 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 I do pull off the in-person meeting. I'm not sure I'm ready for a big group either. Okay. Well, it's good to have a, a, to get everybody's opinions on it. There are people here in San Carlos, specifically people like Jim that are that are are ready to get back into meeting in person. I keep watching the COVID news and it seems like we're working our way into just living with this like we do the flu. Uh, and at the same time, you guys probably heard me saying last week that Bibiana finally got COVID, brought it home from school. The uh, we've all had it. We were we we're four weeks over it, and Bibiana catches it from somebody. She never got it when we got it before. I, I think I told you in a previous meeting she sequestered herself in her bedroom and just didn't interact with us mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. And apparently, she was able to avoid having caught it. We were thinking maybe she was asymptomatic until weeks later she starts showing the same symptoms. So I take 
take her for a COVID test. Of course, it's positive. We've had her out of school for a week. And uh, on Monday of this week, which would have been yesterday, she would have been out of she would have been quarantined for a week. And the only reason I'm telling you is it's relevant to CDC guidelines. We wanted her to go back to school, but we felt obligated to find out if she was still infectious first. And so I took her for a test on Monday. This is seven days after her positive COVID test. And she got another positive COVID test. And so now she's waiting another week before she'll take another test to see if she can go back to school. She's not suffering. So, Scott. Yes. Where does she where do you get her test? Um, There's a lab right there in in Wymus. It's just on the main road. It's uh, it's right. um, In fact, I can give you the name. Hold on a second. I got it right here. Uh, It's it's on the road. My question is, I wonder if you go to a different lab. Well, and that I think that would be an interesting comparison. Yeah, I don't. You know, are we thinking that they're they're messing up? Is that the or they're doing something fishy? It's we've been I'm, using. I'm just interested because it seems like there's a lot of uh, questions, not necessarily about this lab, but just about the test in general. Laboratory in my mind. In my mind. Okay, uh, it's called Laboratorio Bioquimico Lopez, and it's right. in between in between the fountain. It's across the street from Casa Bonita. It's in a in this right and uh, we've been doing all our testing there Yuya got uh, positive when when she had COVID and then we did two weeks and she got a negative after two weeks yeah let's switch over to the other meeting I'd like to continue this thought yeah so we need to move over to the other meet right now I'm bringing it up and I'll be adding you guys as soon as I can get in I'm waiting for a join button now there we go and I'm going to shut down this meet to give free up more room and here we are. Look at this. Everybody's on the ball today. I just was finding it interesting, you know. So let's continue this discussion under the premise that there's no question that the lab is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Because, exactly. because exactly. what I believe is that children are not supposed to be as 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 uh, infectious as as it's not supposed to be as dangerous for them. Uh, their chances of catching it is supposed to be less. And one of the reasons I'm bringing this up, I'm sorry, I'm getting feedback from somebody's speakers. I'm not sure whose it is, but I'm listening to myself through somebody's speakers. Paul, I think it's your speakers. Would you mind muting? Testing one, two, testing one, two. Okay. No, I'm still coming through on somebody's stuff. Jim's muted. Okay, here I'm gonna I, I'm gonna mute Paul. There we go. Okay. So I don't I don't want I don't want to question I, I'm sorry, Chester. I just wanted Scott, to say, would, would the test be reading the antigens from having had the, had the disease? This is the PCR test. This is the nose test. So it doesn't have a chance to read antigens. What it's reading is the viral load in your sinus sinus cavity. And and really, okay. this is considered unreliable because you could still be infectious from everything that I've read. The idea is that that you carry the virus around with you. And you could your immune system could 
drop and it could pop out again and you could still be infectious. What this test is showing is right at this moment, are you able to transmit the virus? That's what this nose test does. And I don't want to argue about whether the validity of the test or not. I want to go forward thinking that the test is valid. And what this shows to me is that the CDC recommendations should be taken with a grain of salt because what they're telling us is that that five days after five days, you should be safe to go out and join people. We waited seven days, had BB tested again. She's still infectious. So it's not safe. I've done research on the five days versus seven days versus two weeks, and it's a steady drop of your the percentage of possibility that you're infectious. And at five days, there's about a 31% chance you could still be infectious. Two days later, it drops to 15%. And then after that, it just, just falls off the cliff. And I suspect if we had waited three more days to get her tested, there's a very good chance she would be negative. It's just because because we got her tested at a week instead of a test in 10 days, she has not dropped off that cliff of, it, of being infectious still. I just think that that's a very interesting um, set of results, you know, that that um, because my, my granddaughters both had COVID early on, like in, I don't know when, you know, back in the fall, whenever it was. And they were told that they would not be tested because it will test positive for a long time. Well, that's... This was, that's the antigen. Yeah, that's the antigen right. test. The yeah. antigen test is good for a, this is so funny that we know so much about this, isn't it? Isn't <laughs> the, it? the antigen test is good for knowing if you've had COVID, but it's not very good for telling you whether you're infectious or not. So it'll say you are positive for COVID, but it says nothing about whether you can pass that or not. It's kind of like a herpes test, right? <laughs> it's like if you're, if you've had COVID and it's been three months, and all of a sudden you are spewing gook, coughing and sneezing. I don't think you want to go out around people. I think that if it's within that three month period, there's a very good chance you're starting to pass COVID again. At least from what I've read, from from the sciences that I've been paying, I'm, I'm not a viral expert or anything. I, I'm just trying to pay attention and make the best decisions I can. And then we decided it was our responsibility to make sure she wasn't infectious going back into the classroom and she tested positive again. We we, we were getting a negative test. That was the reason we were there is because we wanted to say we're sending her back negative. And we ended up with a positive test and being, trying to be responsible people. We're like, OK, well, then she's got to stay out of class for another week because that's how we've been told to do it. <laughs> so will you get her another ch- test next week? We, we will. We will. Because if, please report. That'll be I will. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because ironically, as we were pulling up to the place, she's been feeling great. She's high. She's a crazy kid. She's like her mom. She's full of energy, full of stories. She's there's nothing. Nothing's going to get her down. And as we're pulling up, she says, but I still kind of feel like I have a few symptoms. Like my head hurts from time to time and my nose runs a little bit. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, great. I I wonder if that's just like hypochondria or if that's actually going to show up on this test. And sure enough, she shows up positive again, (laughs) because if you've still got symptoms, you're not done with COVID. (laughs) That's what I think that's what this this test, even if they're mild symptoms, you're not done with COVID. Probably the good news is nobody's extremely sick. Her grandmother, her Abby on this side still has not. 
not gotten COVID. We've been very good about that. And, uh, and everybody that I know that, that, uh, in my immediate family that has had to deal with COVID, it's been mild, mild cold cases. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. I think Yuya suffered the most and she's got chronic sinus problems and that's the issue. Anyway, that's my, uh, COVID lab story. Go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. Scott, have any of your family begun to show any long haul symptoms? Well, I hear in, I, I hear my family talking about the minstrel stuff. And so there's, there's the, there's a lot of quick blaming it on the COVID vaccination or having COVID. And I just haven't seen any good science on it. So I haven't been paying too much attention to it. I've just, I, I know that discussion is happening in my family. Uh, me being male, I, I don't necessarily have a stake in that, except for that I love the women in my family, <laughs> right? Uh, and I have done some research. Yeah, I have done some of my own research. And there is no conclusive information right now about any direct cause between the vaccine, having COVID and stuff with the menstrual cycle. But what the science I've read says is more like keep looking, um, keep your mind open. We're going to keep researching this because there keep being reports. People are continue to report things with it. As far as any other long. Oh, I'm sorry, Cheryl, go ahead. No, the other long haul thing is uh mental um, forgetfulness and stuff. What was your name Brian again? Todd. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> who, who, what was I talking about? No, I, I wouldn't be able to identify my own brain fog from COVID brain fog, I think, at this point. <laughs> But no, nobody, nobody in my family is reporting any of that stuff. The only thing that has lingered, and the the only thing that has lingered in my family has been sinus stuff. I and I, I think everybody that Yuya is not the only one. Her brother and his wife dealt with sinus. They both have sinus issues, like she does. I'm I'm surprised I didn't have lingering sinus stuff because I've had sinus stuff my whole life, and and I was done in four days. I was fine. I was bad. I, I wasn't socializing. I was quarantining, but uh, I was fine. I was doing work around the house and I was doing my computer work remotely and my brain felt as fine as it normally does. And uh, we never lost sense of taste, sense of smell, but they say that's very common with this Omnichrome. Most people don't lose their sense of taste or smell. I don't, at this moment, I don't think I know anybody suffering from long COVID except for the people that passed away. God, maybe, you know, you know, one thing that I would anecdotal don't know if this means anything when i got my second vaccination i started feeling uh uh, pain in this arm like i use this arm all the time that kind of pain repetitive motion pain in the tendons between my elbow to my wrist and and it was just bizarre it was so bizarre i had to mention it to people i did not associate it with the vaccine but i couldn't have associated it with anything i got the vaccine in this arm because i'm left-handed i use this hand for everything. If anything should be bothering me, it should be this hand. All I use this hand for is a mouse. And that went on for months. And I was actually just about to go find a doctor about it because it just didn't. I'm like, oh my God, am I getting cancer? What is causing this pain from this limb that doesn't get any workout? And I have to say in the last couple of months, it's just gone away. It's not there anymore. 
I don't know if it was related to the vaccine. I, it's the same arm I got the vaccine in. I got the booster in this arm because I forgot that I wanted to get it in that arm. And nothing in this arm as far as that goes. The first vaccine didn't give me any pain. So I don't know. I don't this all this stuff is all new. We may we may miss long COVID uh, symptoms because we just gotten used to having pains in certain areas. <laughs> you know, if I just I think the people that can recognize long COVID are the ones that are having lung issues now that didn't have lung issues before, right? The people that have uh, fatigue that didn't used to get fatigue easily. Those are the ones that can, I can't recognize any long COVID in me or my family. I see Linda's got a hand up. What's going on, Linda? What do you got? Well, I was just going to add, you're not old enough yet, Scott. Right. Oh, And we all get pains. They last two (laughs) or three days and then they're gone. I just had a pain in my uh, my left arm. It lasted like three days. It was up (laughs) under my armpit. Well, then you always have to think, you know, it's like, okay, you can't go to the doctor, wait at least a week because it'll probably go away or move somewhere else. (laughs) You're just not old enough. Well, I, 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 you know, I talk about this stuff just to hear somebody say I'm not old enough. But keep in mind, I'm going to be 52 in June. I, I, I'm old enough to appreciate chronic pain and chronic sinus Whoa, problems. Fifty-two. <laughs> Woo! In June. <laughs> well, let us remember, remember when that. <laughs> say that again, mom. Well, I was going to say, remember when fifty-two seemed old, right? Yeah. I, I, it was, it was, it was when and I was you twelve. Must have had Scott, when you were twelve. <laughs> Oh, oh, 11 and a half. It was a miracle. <laughs> it was a miracle birth. I was delivered by a stork. <laughs> well, actually, a rather angry doctor since I made him get out of his big dinner celebration of something. <laughs> so, how old are you or your sister? I am. I'm the oldest. My oh, sister's okay. two years younger than me. And we could, oh, okay. there, there are some great stories mom could tell you about being pregnant on a, a military base in the, in the Aleutian chain of Alaska in the, in the 70s. Uh, but that would take up the rest of our hour. <laughs> we may have to dedicate a oh, meeting okay. just to that. <laughs> Were you an ADAC? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny no. out there. Huh? Uh, 1,200 miles from Seattle. It's how well, I know. I lived in. I lived in. Uh, in uh... <laughs> one of the islands. Yes, in the seventies. Kodiak, Alaska. No. I'll think of it in a second. My brain is not right. Oh, I lived yeah. in Dutch brain Harbor. Fog. I lived in Dutch it... Harbor in the seventies. Oh yeah, Dutch Harbor. Oh. Mm, in the seventies, uh-huh. huh? And there was nothing there. There was <laughs> nothing there. on We were waiting for somebody to attack. I think. <laughs> Okay, let's let's get back to some computer topics. I have brought some news stories I thought worthy. Cheryl, are you out of here, or do you have a question? No, I, I've been playing because I've got my new iPad, and this is my first Google Meet with it. And we discovered this morning that when we move, our, our that is awesome. That's follows. the new software. Yeah, it follows <laughs> your the now you, you guys that are seeing Cheryl on your video are are watching something like the camera is following her. 
but the pad is it, sitting on the table stationary and as he, she moves he, as she moves yeah, Judy the, does it too. yeah the focus follows her around it knows where her face is and the ipads yeah. it, it's it's like taking in so much video that it's got extra video and so it can move <laughs> around like a camera following her tilting uh, uh panning and tilting back and forth up and down following her head but the the device remains stationary in front of her it's really cool (laughs) it's the same model no one has discussed what facebook has done with all the pictures that you post on facebook where they have computerized that with facebook with facial identification and uh, they just recently decided that that was not secure or not it was against public policy and so now texas is suing them for six billion dollars for doing it (laughs) oh i just saw that headline but i didn't read any of the information well what's going on with that chester well what facebook did is they took a billion pictures off of facebook uh, portraits and uh digitized and made the identification facial identification technology and and had a billion entries into their into their technology and they finally concluded that that might be against the law uh from the standpoint of of security and so they have discontinued doing that and and then the next day texas sued them for six billion dollars because it's against texas law well that's i think i think that's awesome i think what we're looking at and we have to read into this on all these different these companies these large companies collecting your data they have an agenda with that data and i think the facial recognition stuff facebook accomplished what they were going to do and so now they can shut all that down and public facing it can be like we've learned our lesson and we're no longer doing this but what they've i think their plan was to sell it well i agree with you that that was the point i was going to make is that but but the public facing stuff is is to save face and they can say we're shutting it all down but the real reason they're shutting it all down is because they're done with it they they created the product that they were going to use that data for now they're trying to be in compliance with 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 our community sentiment that they shouldn't be collecting that data you know what you're right we shouldn't be collecting that data we're going to stop collecting that data but we're not having a discussion about the blob that the that they have created this application this this device that they have made while collecting all that data it's it's kind of like us using you using fossil fuels to get to where we are and then saying okay we're going to stop using fossil fuels we want all you other countries to stop using fossil fuels they're still in the developmental stage and we're telling them to take a handicap because of the way we did things well, you know, it, the IRS the IRS was doing the same thing and they were going to go to facial technology in order to identify taxpayers and now they've i had, they've had to stop that also i but, i heard about that what a great example of the security risk of going with the lowest bidders right the, the, this is the biggest uh, the uh, fr- facial recognition better uh better identification should be thrived for in these circumstances like when you're dealing with the IRS you're dealing with the social security you're, you're dealing with law enforcement what better than to have the best record the best 
identification system that could exist. But then, like this IRS example is a perfect example. They went with like an unvetted, lowest security, lowest bidder kind of solution. Well, that's more of a security risk than dealing with the problem in the first place. Because now all that data has been collected. What's going to happen to that? No, it's very disappointing the way that went down. I'm, I'm in favor of good security. This was an example of poor implementation of good security. That's, or at least that's my two cents on it. Hey, I, uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Facebook, it's very interesting. I heard some, some text talking about the other day. They have no new growth. And did you see what happened when, uh, when they threatened the EU with pulling out? They're like, well, if we're going to have to comply by these privacy standards, then we're just going to have to pull our products out of your market. In Germany and in another country, I, was it the Netherlands? I, I, I don't remember. Two countries, basically. Oh, France. That's right. It was Germany and France. Both made public. Okay, pull out. I think we can live without you. And Facebook kind of did a double take and go, well, all right, we can figure out a way to make this work. But that's kind of the, the social dynamics of what's happened recently is, is uh, Facebook threatened to pull pull their services out of the countries and the country said uh, called their bluff and uh, Facebook basically said well yeah I guess we were bluffing we'll figure out a way to do it well I think Amazon recently had to pay a very significant fine in Europe I- <laughs> I think we're going to see more and more of this complying with with the European um, leg- or, uh, laws by Facebook, because what these tech advocates were saying is, th- is that there's no new growth in Facebook in the Western countries, in Canada and in, in Mexico. And in this is not where they're finding mean, there's sporadic growth, but there's there isn't genuine year after year growth in use. It, it's saturated. They've already they're got going, they're going to spend their money on the Developing meta. Sure. Yeah. Billions on that. But they're, they, that isn't ready yet. That's not where they're expecting, they're projecting growth. They're projecting growth in areas like Europe because they see potential growth in, in, in those areas. So they're going to find themselves complying with those laws. What will be interesting is if we can get them to behave in a similar fashion in the United States. We, we went through that period of time where uh, the, the ability to remove your presence uh, became legal in the European Union. So to do business in Europe, you had to offer the ability to receive all the data that you had provided to that organization, like in an Amazon, a Google, a Microsoft or an Apple. They had to provide an interface that you could go and see everything that was collected on you. They had to provide a way for you to grab that as a collection, to download everything that had been collected on you. And they had to provide the ability for you to erase all of that on demand. So if you go there and you want to erase your tracks from that service, there's supposed to be an easy way to do it. A customer support call or at the or, or a button on a website. I are you guys remembering this as I as I speak about it because this privacy issue in Europe affected the way we use software in the United States because they had to offer those features by law to the European Union. They couldn't get away with not offering the features to us in the United States. They could 
couldn't handle the fallout of not allowing uh, U- uh, United States citizens to behave on their platform the same way European Union citizens are behaving. They had to give us the same protections, regardless of whether we legislated and regulated it. They had to provide those features. That's why now you can go to Google Photos. You can download every one of your photos into a big zip archive and take them with you. You can hit a button and wipe out your entire Facebook account. It'll be gone. You can ask to see everything that you've ever done on Microsoft. They've done this to be compliant with the European Union, not not to be compliant to our own regulations, but to be compliant to their regulations. And it, we get we get the runoffs, right? Because they've done it over here, we get to take advantage of it over here. I hope to see more of that uh, as we go forward. I I hope that these conflicts they're having, where 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 Germany and 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 France are like, all right, pull out. We don't care. You you are not helping our businesses, and you're you're sowing distrust in our communities. We're happy to see you go. And Facebook will bend over backwards to stay in those in those markets because they they those markets are valuable to those companies. You have to wonder if that's what didn't happen with the facial recognition software. Well, from what I understand with the IRS, if you're talking about specifically with the IRS. No, I'm talking about in general, the billion billion faces that Facebook had. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I this is where I get into conspiracy theories. I don't think they've wiped out any of that data. I think they've made it unavailable, but I don't understand why they wouldn't keep it in some form that that technically is legal. They've they've got it in some encrypted form, some de-anonymized form. One of these power words that makes it okay for them to not have deleted it, but continue to use it for their research. We know the government does this. They've said it outright. The government collects your information that flows across the internet. This is our government, the U.S. government. They collect all the information that flows across the internet and they warehouse it. If it's encrypted data, they keep it indefinitely. They keep it as an exercise in security. Whereas if it's unencrypted, they're obligated to to delete that data within six months. This is this is the way our intelligence agencies work in the United States right now. And it, so if you have gone through, this is something that's bothered me for a long time now. I, I, I refer to it as being a what list are you on? Because if you go through the practice of encrypting your data, say you encrypt your emails or your conversations, what you're basically doing is you're planting a flag on your data saying this is suspicious and the government collects it, sets it aside and keeps it indefinitely because it's been flagged suspicious simply because it's been encrypted, simply because you've gone into a park by yourself, met another person, put a coat over the two of you and whispered in each other's ears. That was considered suspicious by the government. And so that's my horrible, horrible metaphor. But yeah, that's because what what is encryption? But 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 creating garbage out of the conversation so that so that it can't be heard by other people. And the fact that you've created that garbage to make it difficult for other people to hear is the reason that they will hang on to it indefinitely. And- so 
does that have kind of the same effect as using a VPN? Because they have to be able to tell really truly Abs where you are. Absolutely. All your VPN okay. activities are being recorded and kept indefinitely because of the, the stance of intelligence in the United States right now. They, and the um, storage is so, so inexpensive now. It's an afterthought. Before, if you go back into the early 2000s, what, they were collecting all the information coming across the internet in the first place. They've, they've been doing it. We've known about it since 2006. It is it, it is the way that, what's the term I'm looking for? It's it's standard operating procedure for for uh, NSA. They, they had a wiring closet, they, they, a famous wiring closet in California with a sliced, uh, sliced fiber into the closet, the secret closet that would collect all that data. But what they weren't doing back then is they weren't warehousing it. Warehousing and, and, and ferreting through information was time-consuming and expensive. And so what they would do is they would collect everything temporarily. They would, they would save the stuff that was relevant to what they were working on, and they would just dump everything else. But as we got into 2010, 2012, as we got further up in there, storage became so incredibly cheap. They, they built a warehousing facility, and now they just collect all data. And, and they, they openly admitted to it. They collect all data. Uh, our laws don't allow them to keep your data over six months. So your data is constantly expiring, but your everything that's encrypted is ripe to be kept for, forever. So when you go, you HTTPS to a, a website, and, and like your bank, well, that transaction may have been recorded by our intelligence uh, companies, sorry, companies, I did, agencies, may have been recorded by our, our intelligence agencies. Because it's encrypted, they, they're under no obligation to delete it. It sits in their files as a, a practice test so they can run their latest technology across it because they're in the surveillance bill of business. And if, if they can't read what they're surveilling, then they're under no obligation to delete it. They're uh, they're allowed to hang on to it and use it as a practice. That's that's the state of affairs in the United States right now, as far as this stuff goes. Chester is waving goodbye. I haven't gotten to any of my topics. I'd sure like to share a couple. I, one of them, one of them is selling your used car online sight unseen, which I am going to finish filling out this 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 service, but it's called. Car Carvana. Have you guys heard about this? I was just hearing about this on a podcast and went and read this article from The Verge. I, it is a service where you will fill out, you will provide all the details of the vehicle you're trying to sell or buy, and they will send you a quote yeah. of, of what it's... And this, the guy writing the article sold his seven-year-old car for a couple thousand dollars more than he bought it for because they were able to write him a check they they gave him an estimate online through email and then sent a, a tow truck out to pick up the car and and just wrote him a check for the car there was a cursory inspection 
to verify that everything that he said online was was accurate, like the mileage, any damage that was done to the car, any of that kind of stuff. But basically, when he was honest online, checked out, checked out with the person checking the car, they hadn't even turned on the car until they were they were getting it on the the. I mean, they were doing this inspection, and so uh, I've got a vehicle that I'm trying to sell. I, I'm going to use it as our test case. So I'll come back with uh, information next week. I actually filled it out. I was hoping that I would get a quote before this meeting was over, but it doesn't look like it showed up yet. But it looks like a great way to deal with a used vehicle to try and see what the market shows. Oh, wait a second. Maybe it has just showed up. Let's see what it says. Say again. Anybody that watched the Super Bowl, you would have seen a, a commercial from the, a buyer's point of view. She bought her car on Carvana. And she, oh. she goes on and on and on about how the service that she received. And uh, she's driving her son crazy because she phones him in the middle of meetings and says, guess what? They just phoned and checked on me a week after I bought the car. Like, it's a crazy ad. So we've all heard of Carvana if we watched the Bowl. Now, I was not able to give them specific details about everything. So they have given me the lowest possible quote ever for my 2004 Kia Sedona. They have they have said that it's worth four hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and do this again and provide more of the details they were asking for because I checked some boxes like like it's just okay. I checked some boxes like it has some some, but I didn't give any description on what I was talking about. So I'm sure they took the worst case scenario possible. But what, uh, what is it worth to you? Uh, well, I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you the the issue is that we've got a problem that that hasn't been solved, and the mechanic is like, I it needs a motor rebuild to solve it. But the car runs great. It 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 doesn't spew any any gases. Like it doesn't. It sounds great, but but it's got this problem where if you were running it, if you roll it for say, um, well, if you heat it up, if you let it run for thirty minutes, then one time out of ten, if you shut it off. You might not start it back up immediately. And so you have to wait for the engine to cool down again, and then it'll start up, and it'll run just fine. It's got it's got good radiator. It's got no gases. It's got no leaks. Everything seems... But it's got this weird problem where if you're out driving it around, and you stop at a 7-Eleven, and you run in, and you come back out, one time out of 10 times, the car might not start. It'll just... And we don't know why. The mechanic says that it has to do with with a pressure issue, like a cylinder pressure issue across one of the heads. But everything they have not been able to resolve the issue until they've gotten down to it's a motor rebuild that would fix the problem. But it's the car could run for another 10 years like this without a problem. So I don't know what to do with it. What I do know is I'm not a mechanic. So I'm much, so don't much. shut it off. Right. That's that's what the mechanic said. I'm like, can I can I drive it to Phoenix? He goes, yeah, you can drive it to Phoenix. Don't Just don't it turn off. it off. <laughs> so we're we're in this balancing act of how much is it worth to us? Because if it dies, if it if it actually um, turns into a large problem, we're not going to be able to afford to get it fixed. So maybe we want to try and get as much value out of it while it's running fine, because I'm not going to fix it and I'm not going to pay a mechanic to fix it. And I don't want it to die 
high on me. So I, I think it, it's probably one of those cars that has a lot more value to a different kind of person. So speaking of cars, I heard that the um, president of Mexico has backpedaled a little bit on his import, where he said that we would be able to import our cars for, I think it was two, $250, like 5,000 pesos or something. Now it's 8,500 8, pesos to import, and it has to be older than, I believe, 10 years. That was well, the latest I heard about importing cars. So well, I'll my give thought you... is I may, I may import my old car and then trade it in on a new car, newer car. I just provided the link to that article about Carvana. And Judy, I can give you a little bit more information because we've been following it. Uh Uh, I I have this van, which I would love to nationalize and sell here. And Mm -hmm. I've got my Honda CRV from 99, which is never going back to the States. Right. That's my 2005. Okay. And so those two vehicles, we have never been able to nationalize because one is a Japanese vehicle and the other one's a Korean vehicle. Mm-hmm. When when uh, AMLO was supporting this initiative, it was including all call uh, cars. Right. Now part of the backpedaling is it doesn't include those cars. Oh. And it, this so is very... That's on my agenda for this maybe next week or so, just to see. My car is in the shop right now, so we'll see if it comes out of the shop. And that'll be on my agenda because I would love to nationalize it and then trade it in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd be happy. I think I think this van would be a better van in Mexico for a Mexican mechanic than it would be mm-hmm. for me not being a mechanic or just in general in the United right. States. I would I'd love to nationalize them. And so we paid a lot of attention to this. And that was part of the backpedaling. And I don't get it because I I feel like the whole point of this nationalizing vehicles is they're already here. They're already in use. They're not accounted for. They're not paying taxes. And so you would think they would go out of their way to just nationalize everything that's not accountable and not accounted for. Um, I got two other easy ones. One is, yeah. Hey, you have a a little uh, story I want to share with you regarding your car problems. Okay. I'm on on your mother's computer since I'm having problems with mine, but I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Maybe give you some insight. Uh, This was an article that was published uh, a number of years ago, and I just happened to come across it. A complaint was received by the Pontiac Division of General Motors, and it was this is the second time I've written you, and I don't blame you for not answering me because I kind of sound crazy. But the fact that we have a tradition in our family of ice cream for dessert after dinner each night. But the kind of ice cream varies. So every night after we've eaten, the whole family votes on which kind of ice cream we should have. And I drive down to the store to get it. It's also a fact that I recently purchased a new Pontiac. And since then, my trips to the store have created a problem. You see, every time I buy vanilla ice cream, when I start back from the store, my car won't start. If I get any other kind of ice cream, the car starts just fine. (laughs) I want you to know I'm serious about this question, no matter how silly it sounds. What is there about a Pontiac that makes it not start when I get vanilla ice cream? 
an easy to start whenever I get any other kind. The Pontiac president was understandably skeptical about the letter, but sent an engineer to check it out anyway. The latter was surprised to be greeted by a successful, obviously well-educated man in a fine neighborhood. He had arranged to meet the man just after dinner time as the two hopped into the car and drove to the ice cream store. Give me just a second. It was uh, vanilla ice cream that night. And sure enough, after they came back to the car, it wouldn't start. <laughs> the engineer returned for three more nights. The first night, the man got chocolate. The car started. Second night, he got strawberry. The car started. The third night, he ordered vanilla. The car failed to start. <laughs> now the engineer, being a logical man, refused to believe that this man's car was allergic to vanilla ice cream. <laughs> He arranged, therefore, to continue his visits for as long as it took to solve the problem. And toward this end, he began to take notes. He jotted down all sorts of data, time of day, date, type of gas used, time to drive back and forth, etc. In a short time, he had a clue. The man took less time to buy vanilla than any other flavor. Why? The answer was in the layout of the store. Vanilla being the most popular flavor was in a separate case at the front of the store for quick pickup. All the other flavors, give me just a second, were kept in the back of the store at a different counter where it took considerably longer to find the flavor and get checked out. Now the question for the engineer was why the car wouldn't start when it took less time. Once time became the problem, not the vanilla ice cream, the, the engineer quickly came up with the answer. Vapor lock. It was <laughs> happening every night, but the extra time taken to get the other flavors allowed the engine to cool down sufficiently to start. When the man got vanilla... The engine was still too hot for the vapor lock to just dissipate. <laughs> just had to get a kick out of that story. I was going to ask if that was a vapor lock story because we know that the vapor lock is actually kind of a euthanism for for some reason it won't start. <laughs> <laughs> right because there is there's a number of cars that from from Pontiac that that had this effect i think it was related to carburetors but that's a that's a really scott, funny story thank you scott when you uh, started to say your problem i immediately thought vapor lock yeah uh, that's almost almost certainly what it is and a lot of times if you have vapor lock and it won't start and then you stop and start it again it will start quickly on the second shot around for some reason yeah that's why i I, like I, I ran around when when it became apparent that it was when it when it had been running the restart problem occurred. Then I started intentionally running around and turning it off and turning it on, and I could not get it to do it regularly. It was it would happen so randomly. That's why I say one in ten times it won't start because the majority of the time it starts without a problem. And I'll run into an Oxo and run out and expect the car won't start back up and it'll start right back up. I have not been able to narrow it to time i think we've narrowed it to heat but not time but yeah i'm like you irving i immediately thought of the vapor lock issue that plagued cars for years did i lose everybody it's so quiet now hey with that story i think i will save my other two or you're welcome to check out the document i sent you a link to because there are there are links there to other stories i will put them on our next meeting topic list i have something right after this computer club and i need to go so that i can start getting ready for that so we need to wrap this up shortly i do want to ask if anyone has any recommendations of any sorts 
music, music, TV, movies, websites, applications, anything that you think is good enough that you should share with us here so that we can take part in it. This is the time. And I see mom's got her hand up. What you got, mom? I just have a follow up on marmalade. I now have a new match of marmalade that is syrup. So <laughs> whoever pointed out that you can make syrup, um, I must have subconsciously done that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> marmalade syrup. All right. I'll put that in the follow ups list. Uh, yes, sir. A great recommendation in case I don't make it back next week. Uh, we all watch a lot of television, and I subscribe to almost everything. And I've used YouTube for a long, long time, but I never subscribed, you know, for information. I finally subscribed, and their movies are the best, the very best. Stuff from the 30s and the 40s and real wholesome uh, uh, context. And uh, the last movie I saw this week was fabulous. It was called Britannia Moves, M-E-W-S. So look it up and enjoy it. Well, you said Britannia. Britannia? Well, I re- I re- I, I'm sorry, Irving. What was the name of that again? Britannia. Britannia Muse. M-E-W. Muse. And we have been finding that out, haven't we? We've found a lot of classic movies on YouTube movies. On YouTube, uh, I found one of my favorite classics. It was Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's a great one. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> Earth Girls Are Easy. That's with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Gina Davis? Is that right? Yeah, Gina Davis. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, is Jeff Goldblum? Was that Jeff Goldblum, Jeff, too? Jeff and uh, um, one of the Ryan's brothers and, um, oh, goofy guy uh, from The Mask and stuff like that. Yeah, from The Mask? Eric Stoltz? No, oh, no, no, no. Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey, yeah. The, those were the three go- goofy guys. And they were very goofy. <laughs> That's funny. I forgot Jim Carrey was in that movie. Now I'm going to have to go rewatch it. I, I, I can only remember it from my childhood. I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm going to put that on my list. <laughs> well, I, I saw it on Tubi, which means that you there's commercials, but at least I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, I've used Tubi a little bit. Here in Mexico, it's available. You are It is subject to Mexican audience, so if you don't have a VPN, you're looking at stuff that's mostly in Spanish content. Even if it's a American content, it seems like they don't have uh, um, or English subtitles. It seems like all they, just like other services around here, even though they might have some Hollywood content, uh, they haven't bothered to make sure it has English English um, audio. But there's stuff that does have English audio. I think Tubi's working pretty good with ads. Are there any other recommendations out there? Anything else new people have been watching? Did anybody check out that show, Love? We're watched- still watching it. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Cheryl. I watched The Morning Show both seasons that I could find. Um, It it was very, very good. (laughs) Did it feel like a biopic? <laughs> I isn't that show based on the I, on the news scandal, uh, the Me Too movement stuff? That, yeah, it is, yeah. and it's in its current. You know, uh, the end of the second season, um, the people are dealing with COVID. Oh wow! Oh, that would be interesting. What's I the used name to of that again? the morning show. Thank you, Jennifer I was a... Aniston. Jennifer Aniston and uh, Reese Witherspoon, and um, what's the Steve Carell? Steve Carell. Yeah. Well, if you get to YouTube, Betty and I have been picking out on Edward G. Robinson movies and this this guy's really good. 
I was a newsroom fan. If you guys have not watched the newsroom, that's an awesome series. It's it's pretty dated now, but but uh, it's a great uh, Aaron Sorkin uh, TV show. I I think it was HBO or Showtime, and I I often long to have that kind of show for the time period we've gone through. Like that, going through the Trump years would have been really interesting in the newsroom format. Going through COVID would be really interesting. In the newsroom format, uh, and I, th- I find it interesting that the morning show would be taking on COVID. We watch so much stuff right now that ignores COVID, ignores masks. It's like we're TV's gotten very surreal, where they're carrying on their lives, and very little is paying attention to this pandemic that we've just gone through. Have we got any other recommendations? We are. Yeah, we're going through. I'm I'm trying to live with the idea that we're switching to an endemic instead of a pandemic. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I think it's out of our control now. I think all we can do is best practices. We uh, we lost our opportunity to stop it cold and we lost our opportunity to control it from killing people. And uh, now we're having to figure out a way to just live with it. It's uh, frustrating. Well, we are coming to the end of this meeting. If there's anything else that needs to be said, it needs to be said now. I just saw the the 10-minute countdown went off. We've got nine minutes until this meet ends. That means we've been meeting for almost two hours straight, which is amazing. Like always, we get started about 15 minutes before our official start time to do troubleshooting and technical support. If anybody's having trouble with meeting with the getting the meeting up or audio or any of that kind of stuff, bandwidth, it's good to show up. I'll I'll turn on the meet at 9:45 on Tuesdays so that we just get a chance to say hi and make sure we can all hear each other. And the official meeting starts at 10. And because we cut into that hour that that meet the meet gives us, we keep to meet codes. So before our meet, I try to send out a document with some some possible topics we might talk about, and both the meet codes can be found in that. I do all this through email, so if you're not getting it, make sure I've got your email address. Uh, we, hey Scott, I got a question for you. Yeah, Bill. Is my Linux stick ready? It is. It is. We, I, in fact, uh, oh, okay. I need to bring it by to you for at some point. I've got oh, it right okay. here. I called it Bill My PC. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so we, we we should chat on on uh, Ten Messenger or something and arrange a time. Yeah, let's do that. I'm sorry, I just All haven't right. had a chance to get with you about it, but it's ready to go. Okay, tech on. All right, Mark you guys. Bill's not there. He's in some kind of ship. <laughs> uh, well, it, I'm I'm landing it pretty soon out on our deck. It it looks like Bill's ghost is flying some kind of ship. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is my brand new iPad. I actually have a now can run competition to Paul and have backgrounds. So I I picked one. I, I could have had the same as him, but I decided not not to do that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's yeah. well, it's sort of fun. Cheryl says, "What are you doing in there?" <laughs> I don't know. I can't hardly see it. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. I really enjoy it every Tuesday. I'm here, so please join me at 10 o'clock. We'll do it again next week. Irving, it's great to see you, man. We've been missing you. Thank you, Scott. You're always welcome. Come back anytime, man.
Actually, what I'm doing is checking out the James Webb telescope. That's what I'm doing. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe oh. redefining reality as we know it right now. Absolutely. <laughs> you guys that's have a great well, week. Oh, yeah, Paul, what's yeah, that? I'll look for your email uh, later today, Vincent. Yes, please. Make sure that you're getting everything you're supposed to be getting. Until no, next I Tuesday. About my daughter's computer. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Give me a chance to get that, and I'll get it to you. Bye, you guys, everyone. Tech on, Irving. Tech on, everybody. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Bye. See you, Fred. See you, Pop. Well, that was it. Once again, we've done it again. That was the San Carlos Computer Club, and I, again, am Scott Stimson from International Computer Solutions. If you are looking for computer help anywhere on the Internet, I will reach through the tubes, and I can help you with your equipment. Uh, we can do chat, instant messenger, text, phone, uh, remote access. All of that happens at a reasonable price because I live and work from Mexico. I'm happy to help you out. Please keep me in mind. It's scott at internationalcs.net. If you enjoyed our meeting, well, we do this every Tuesday at 10 Arizona time. We don't actually recognize daylight savings time, so you want to check that time. We're on YouTube. We do it on YouTube. If you want to make sure you get an announcement, subscribe to it. Uh, you are welcome to join our meetings. We welcome all tech and enthusiasts. You can see our group is made up of real people that are dealing with real computer issues that have a real interest in what's happening in technology. We welcome new ideas and new perspectives, and you are all welcome to join us. Just get the meet code and you can come in and you can be part of our discussion. Until next Tuesday, it's always fun being here with all of you. Uh, I can't wait till uh, our next meeting. Until then, tech on, and we'll talk to you soon.